Amen. Amen. Well, if you've got notes, get ready. Okay. Just, just go ahead and get that out. And if, if you're taking notes on a phone, uh, just, just, just look at me every once in a while and just be like, amen. So I know you're not texting. Okay. That'll help me out. And, uh, let me just, uh, start with Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. It says this, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, I love this scripture. Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so in, uh, easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, before I go into this next verse, let me just ask a question. Uh, I want to make sure I'm talking to the right crowd. How many of you guys, by show of hands or shouts or whatever you got, how many of you guys are interested in running your race with endurance and fulfilling the call of God on your life? Amen. All right. Praise God. So this is the right crowd. So here's what the Bible's saying. It's saying not only is there a cloud of witnesses surrounding you, cheering you on, but uh, he, he's encouraging us to run our race with endurance. And then he gives us a strategy in verse two. Are y'all ready for the strategy? All you practical people that are like, just give me some steps, right? Give me some steps. Here it is. Here we go. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him. Now I want to focus right on this. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of of God. I want to focus on uh, uh, just that, that phrase, for the joy set before him endured the cross, right? We don't have to be Bible scholars to know this next point I want to say here, but how many of you guys know that crucifixion is not joyful? Come on, can I get an amen on that? <laughs> right? Anybody who knows what crucifixion is, it is not necessarily associated at all with the word joy. Come on, Amen. But what we see here is that Jesus, while enduring the cross, while enduring a hard season, I love one scripture says, remember this, remember how he endured the cross because we haven't resisted sin to the point of bloodshed like that. Come on. Sometimes we go through tough seasons. Come on. Amen. We go through hard seasons. We go through, but, but, but he, he endured a cross and see, he gives us a treasure here that if we grab onto this, I believe that it will radically change our lives. It says, for the joy set before him. For the joy. So what was the joy? What was he thinking that caused him to have joy set before him as he endured the cross? I really feel like I, I just want to make sure we understand what he went through. Because it wasn't just like they took him and crucified him. No, 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 no. They drug him in the middle of everybody. Right? His ego had to die. Come on now. Matter of fact, do you know that Jesus said in the garden, he said, if I wanted to, I could ask my father right now and he would take me out of here. He'd send a legion of angels to wipe out all y'all. That'd be a radically different story of salvation. Right? Can you imagine that? The disciples are there and he's like, I'm done. Angels just wiped him out. He's just, I'll go. come on now. Thank God he didn't do that. All right. He said, if I wanted to, I could be out of here. I could beseech the father. But he didn't. He endured the cross. And you remember when they were, they were pulling him, pulling his beard out? Prophesy. He endured all that because he had the right mindset. 
he saw something and he lived a certain way that while he was enduring the cross, there was a joy that was set before him. And I want to say this because I think it's really important to be like Jesus. We need to think like Jesus. Can I get an amen, somebody? To be like Jesus, we need to think like Jesus. What was his headspace? What was his mindset that would cause him to endure the cross? Come on, amen. Because I need that. I've got three kids. I've got a three-year-old. Come on now. Now, we're not talking about crucifixion, but man, when my son gets hungry or sleepy. Come on. I need some endurance. So what I believe here is I believe that God is giving us tools so that we can run our race. He's giving us tools in our minds because he said, fix your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. I believe that God is equipping us to to make a difference in our lives in our community. And this is what I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, how do I take this time and best equip your church? And, and three stories, three, three personal stories came to mind. And, and I believe that God wanted me to share these stories with you. And they really kind of connect to just three statements. So, so this morning, I'm going to share three stories uh, that, are, that are really going to help us understand three points. Can I do that this morning? And I want to talk about the headspace for your life. I want to talk about headspace for leading. And I want to talk about headspace for the Lord. And I'm going to share some personal stories, which is good because, you know, I feel like I I want to just share a little bit of, of where I've come from. But ultimately, this isn't about me. This is about what God has done in my life. Because trust me, like he knows where I came from, okay? There, he, he knows, Pastor David, right? He saw me in those days, right? So he could attest, right, that this is Jesus. This is God. I knew Terrence before he was Terrence, before he was Terry. Run up with his ludicrous braids. Come on now. He, we won't go there, right? Let's, th- Let's talk about headspace for life. Headspace for life. Our experiences of life. Or what our thinking makes it. Can I say that again? Our experiences of life. Or what our thinking makes it. Now I'm not talking about some crazy new age. Bring the universe to me. All that kind of stuff. And matter of fact 90% of that stuff. Is just because they took the word of God. And they found the principle that works. And now they're just claiming it as their own. Come on now. The Bible said. As a man thinketh, so is he. Come on, right? But what I'm talking about is the way you frame your reality, the way you perceive life and what is going on in your life is really going to shape your experiences of your life. Come on, amen? So when I was 18 years old, you know, I got saved and I started leading worship. And I remember my very first worship session in your living room. I'll never forget it. Maybe I told this story last time, but I I, I just, it, it, it cracks me up now knowing what I know now. We were in the living room. Everybody's worshiping and I've got an acoustic guitar and no, I can't play acoustic guitar. (laughs) So I'm playing acoustic or trying, and uh, I did something on the guitar, and everybody's worshiping. It's, it's the last song. We're all in that place. We're, we're in the presence of God, and, and everybody's quiet, and I just was like, man, 
Did you hear what I just played there? This was sick. Man, we could start something. I interrupt the whole moment, okay? I just, <laughs> it, was, it was a funny moment. But after that, you know, they, they trained me up and Dara taught me, you know, hey, don't interrupt, you know, with worship. That's probably a good idea. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I felt wrong when I did that. And, and uh, she helped me out. Thank you so much. And, and, I, and I went to uh, Bible school and I started training up. Well, in Bible school, they, they started off every year with this thing called boot camp. And boot camp is exactly what it sounds like. Boot camp was highly militant, highly intense, right? It was, it was crazy, you know, just intense physical training before you went to Bible school and got in the word. You went through boot camp. It was boot camp without any of the professionals. <laughs> Come on now. And so it made a very interesting experience, right? And so we're running and we're going up and down and, and we're running. And, and all of a sudden I step in this pothole. It's like day three and I step in this pothole and I just hear, now brace yourself, I just hear a snap. I'm like, oh, oh." right. Now I never had an injury like that, but I knew this one wasn't good. I heard a pop, I heard a snap, there's Rice Krispies going on down here. Like I just, it was bad. And my ankles swole up. Now at boot camp, man, it was you don't quit, you don't stop. And so all of a sudden, people see this injury and they're like, okay, you know what? Uh, uh, we, We need to stop. Now, this is what this meant for me. The stopping was, was, was unacceptable. I grew up with a you-don't-quit mentality. My, my great-aunt was Wilma Rudolph. I mean, she, she was born with polio, and, and, and literally just through, through willpower and strength, she became the fastest woman in the world. And so coming from this family line of you don't quit, you don't stop, this was crazy, not to mention everybody wanted the, the highest honor in boot camp. It was a flag. If you got to be the flag, the bear of the flag, and you could wave it, and it was just the highest honor. They only gave it to the people who did their best, who were the champions. And I wanted that flag. Everybody wanted that flag. To be honest, it was a stick with a T-shirt tied to it, okay? So if you're wondering, like, wow, that flag must have been something. No, it's ridiculous the things we chase after sometimes. Come on, amen? But I wanted that flag. And they gave it to a guy named Ryan Fields. If you're watching, I forgive you. It's fine. You know, I'm not bitter about it. And so I'm sitting on the ground, ankle swole, and I had an encounter with God. I had an encounter with God, and this is what happened. All of a sudden, the team is doing the final exercise, and they're running, and, and all the leaders said, you know what? You're good. You're done. You don't have to go anymore. You are done. Now, that, they didn't say that. They always kept pushing people, but now I'm done. You're good. You can relax, sit back. You got an injury. And the Spirit of God rose up on the inside of me, and he said, is this the best that you can do? And I knew in myself that, that really the answer was no. I have one injured leg, but I still have one good leg. I could hop down there. Now, some of you guys are going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, that's crazy. That's crazy. But let me tell you something. The mindset shifted in me. All of a sudden, I stopped listening to what other people said was okay. I stopped chasing this flag that I was not going to get, nor did I ever get. But then God said, why are you chasing acceptance from them or standards from man? Is this the best that you can do? Oh, come on, church. Are you with me this morning? Because this freed me. I got up and I lined up. And my leader whispered in my ear, don't be stupid and don't get hurt. And I hopped, (laughs) come on, I hopped down and back. I'm, thank God I didn't fall. That would have been horrible for the story right there, right? Come on. 
I hopped all the way down and all the way back. And then on the way back, the Spirit of God rose in me. And he said, I want you to put the other foot on the ground. Yeah, thank you. Because that's what I felt. I was like, can I get a second opinion up there? Come on. (laughs) Right? And I put my foot down. And let me tell you something, church. The moment I obeyed the voice of the Lord, my foot and my ankle were completely healed. I, yeah, amen. And I ran that and I finished it and we were in tears. And, 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 and you know what? All the praises and all these comments and man, Terrence, you did this. And, and you know what happened in that moment? I got set free from the opinions of others. It wasn't about what they said I could do. It definitely wasn't about what they said I couldn't do. It was all about what God had for me. Come on, amen. Let me share a scripture. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world. Can we just say that together? Do not be conformed to this world. But what? What should we do? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. I'm going to stop right there. This is such an important mindset for life. Do not set up your life based on the acceptance of culture and society, of what they say you're capable of or what you're incapable of. We need to renew our minds to what God says our priorities should be. Come on, amen. And what we can do. And I believe that when we get this mindset, that I am going to get the voices of the world out of my mind and heart, And I'm going to start chasing what God has for me and who God said I can be. Then I believe we will find a freedom like never before. The Bible says you are transformed this way. Come on. Amen. All right. Let's go to the second one. That's headspace for living or yeah, living. Next one is headspace for leading. And like I said, I'm going to share a couple more stories. So this is point two headspace for leading. So after uh, Bible school, I went through that, went through a lot of training, and then the Lord told me to teach Bible school. And so I became a teacher where I taught for, I mean, really a total of 13 years in a Bible school. I did the math once, and I had told up, told up well, well over 10,000 hours of teaching. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of teams and a lot of people come through, a lot of Christians come through. And you see, you know, a lot of young people sometimes, you know, they're struggling with, with the past or they're struggling with, with bad habits. And, and you know, you, you'd always see the word of God work in them. And they would tra- if they were willing, you would see them transformed. And they would completely just get set free and do great things. A lot of them are pastors of churches now or missionaries or worship leaders. But there was one team that was exceptionally difficult. I'll just say that, right? How about that? And I remember this team because it was like they couldn't do anything right. Come on. Now, let me just make sure I frame up this story right. If you're a leader in here, like listen up to this. If, you're, if you've got kids, right? If you're married, if you're running a company, if you work for a company, if you own your own business, listen, you are a leader. Can I just tell you guys this right now? You are a leader. You have influence. 
And so I'm sitting in my office with my staff and I am so furious because this team, we used to give out like, hey, you know, if you miss it, you, you get a mark. You, you get like a, it was kind of like a demerit. Well, we had given out all the demerits that we could possibly give. I didn't, I went to the handbook. I was like, what more could we punish them with? There was nothing in there. I got to the last page. I was so frustrated. I was like, God, what do we do? I can't kick out the entire class. Come on now. And I'm frustrated and I'm asking my staff, what do we do? And the Lord gave me a mindset. Come on, everybody say mindset. (laughs) He gave me a mindset that radically changed my life forever in parenting and being a husband and being a leader. And he said this to me right when I was sitting in my chair, right in the middle of a staff meeting. He said, Terrence, stop approaching them in fear of who they may become. But instead, come at them in faith of who they already are. Can I say that again? He said, stop correcting them. Actually, that's what he said. Stop correcting them in fear of who they may become. But instead, approach them in faith of who they already are. Are. And here's a leadership mindset I want to share with you guys because I saw it radically change that team. We went to prayer in that moment because we were despairing in the office. Can I, come on. Has anybody ever been there with a kid that you just don't know what to do with anymore? Come on now. Yeah, nobody wanted to say. They were like, oh, I don't know. come on. <laughs> we went to prayer and God began to show me who each individual was. I would see a guy who could never wake up on time for class. All of a sudden, I saw them being a leader, disciplined, full of the Holy Ghost. And I saw it with the eyes of faith. As we prayed over every single student, God began to give me vision for who he called them to be. And here's the principle. In order to lead them, you have to see them. Oh, come on now. In order to lead them, You've got to see them. And when I say see them, I'm not talking about the natural. I'm not talking about what they look like. I'm not talking about what they have or don't have. I'm not talking about how they act. What I'm talking about is who God has called them to be. If you are leading them, then you can see them. God can give you insights into what they are created to do. And when you see somebody for who they are in Christ... You begin to approach them differently. All of a sudden, it's not somebody not doing something or procrastinating. All of a sudden you go, you're such, you don't go, you're such a procrastinator. Because that's not who they are. Come on. You don't see them like that. All of a sudden you approach them, you go, you know what? You are a champion and you shouldn't act like that. You need to act like a champion. Come on, church, are you with me? This leadership principle radically changed my life. Can I show you in the word right here? Judges chapter six, verse 12. It's a story about Gideon and Gideon is being actually all of Israel. They're being robbed and oppressed by the Midianites. Matter of fact, the Bible says every year when their, their harvest would come up, they'd work so hard to get a harvest and to raise their animals and, and, and to make a living. And every single year, the Midianites would come down and rob them. They never got to experience the fruit of their labor. And so this man named Gideon was terrified of the Midianites. He was terrified. As a matter of fact, in, in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, 
right before this scripture, he's hiding. He's so scared. He's hiding in a wine vat and he's hiding food in the wine vat so so that he can have something to eat. And then the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Come on. I mean, you got to imagine this guy is literally terrified, shaking, hiding wheat. He's not thinking about fighting anybody. Right in the natural, somebody may have probably called him a coward. But how did God approach him? How did God approach him? You valiant warrior. Come on. Come on. Yeah, y'all can give some praise of the Lord right there. Because I believe what he's doing. I just feel this in my heart. That there are some people that you are, you're a parent. And, and I want to encourage you. It's funny because I taught this last time I was here. But I want to encourage you. Get God's vision for your kids. Get God's vision for your kids. And I'm not saying you're going to know every detail. But sometimes he might just give you a couple of words that you can hold on to. And in faith, you can bring out the best of them. Come on, amen. Now, they got to cooperate, obviously. But in faith, you can bring out the best of them. You do your part. Come on. You do your part. Come on. Are y'all getting something out of this? Whoo! Come on. Here we go. Headspace for the Lord. Let's go to this third point here. The third and most important point this morning, amen, is headspace for the Lord. I'm going to tell you one last story here. And this one changed my life uh, radically, personally, in, in every way, my marriage, everything. February 13th of 2017, I was... Out of Minnesota on vacation because it gets cold in February. <laughs> and uh, it was the first day of vacation. And um, I wasn't necessarily going uh, on vacation as much as I was escaping my life. Can I get vulnerable here? Can I, is it, come on, can I get vulnerable here? Because I think some, maybe in this vulnerability, maybe somebody can relate. And so I realized that I wasn't going on vacation. I was escaping. And that's not okay because if you're trying to find a way to escape your life, (laughs) that just kind of shows that something's a little dysfunctional. And I remember laying in the hotel room. I was just laying there and I was really just in despair. I was so empty. I I was kind of hopeless. Note, I said 2017. So I'm in the ministry and I'm a Christian. Come on now. (laughs) Right? And I think that's important to say because sometimes we as Christians, we get stuck. You feel stuck, right? In this moment, I felt stuck. And I asked the Lord and I said, God, I just need help. There's things I want to do with my life. There's things I want to be in my life. And I just can't seem to do it. And I'd been a Christian for a long time. I went up for a lot of altar calls. And I, and I was like, God, I'm on this journey. And I was like, God, I just need a breakthrough right now. And I was so desperate for the Lord, I didn't even know what to pray. And I'll never forget this, because laying there, I got an answer that really, um, how do you say it? It wasn't really impressive. 
You know, like you would, you would expect maybe in that moment that like the Lord would descend from the heavens, right? And meet me right there in the hotel room. Terrence, today is your day, right? I hear your heart. Get ready for instant transformation. Bah, right? Come on. You know what the Lord told me? It was so funny. He, he spoke to me and he met me there, which encouraged me. But he said, Terrence, I want you to start journaling every single day. And that was it. <laughs> so I'm like, no, 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 God, what you did? I, I'm stuck. Well, I'm stuck. I, I didn't say I wanted a, a journal. I, I'm, I'm just, come on. <laughs> I don't like writing, Lord. I mean, it, you know, a journal, really? Now I got to keep a diary as a man? All right, that's fine. You know, I'll just carry it around with me, me and my diary, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. Come on. Come on, are you with me? But here's the thing. Here's the thing, church. Listen to this. That was 2017, so I started to do it. And I wasn't really consistent at it. It was here and there. I started to do it. And I started to journal. I started, I started talking to the Lord through my journal. And then I started talking to the Lord about how I felt. And, and, and then I'd start writing down uh, how I felt and what was going on in my heart, my emotions. And, and then I, I started learning something that, you know, uh, emotions, they used to be something that, well, actually I was taught, you know, kind of just almost as emotions, they were the enemy. <laughs> don't, don't be led how you feel. Come on now. You better be careful how you feel. You know, watch out for your emotions. You don't just, you don't go by your emotions. And so I would hear so much about what you don't do with emotions. I didn't know what you do do with emotions. You know, I'd feel these emotions and I'd be, I'd start rebuking every demon that I could possibly think of. You know, oh, that must be a spirit. You know, come on. But you know what I realized is that emotions are really like the check engine light of your heart. And I realized that emotions are actually only there because of your mindsets. Emotions are indicators of how you perceive reality. And then as the years progressed and I kept doing this, all of a sudden, if you could put up this, this thing and listen, between diaries and this, this is called a feelings wheel. The feelings wheel. And I, I discovered the feelings wheel. And, and, and a doctor gave me this and I was looking at it. And if you can see it, if you can't, that's okay. But, you know, uh, you could Google this. The, in, inside the circle, you have in that yellow, you know, triangle there, you got, you got happiness. And then the purple, you've got surprise. In the green, you've got bad and fearful, angry, disgusted, sad. And then as you branch out, there are tons of different emotions. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me as I was journaling. He said, Terrence, what I want you to do is I want you to locate for a season of your life. I want you to locate where you're at on this feelings wheel. And then what I want you to do is I want you to connect your feelings to your thoughts. Oh, come on. This will set somebody free right here. And then the Lord said to me, so I went through and I was like, man, God, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really betrayed. I'm feeling betrayed. And he would say, why are you feeling betrayed? Well, because, you know, I, I've, I've really put a lot of expectations in someone. And they, they did the exact opposite. They weren't there for me. And so I'm feeling betrayed, which means I'm feeling let down, which means I'm feeling angry because they're all branched out. And he said, okay, so, so you're feeling one way because you're thinking this way. Come on now. Listen, the only reason we have the, these emotions, they're indicators of how you're thinking. Anger is just my emotional response to a perceived injustice. 
But you know what you do is then you take that mindset and you go, God, I do feel betrayed because I had a hope and expectation of someone. And now I'm hurt because they let me down. And then what he began to do is he began to minister to me and heal my soul and then change my mindset a little bit. Say, Terrence, don't put so much, don't put so much uh, uh, on uh, investment in what all these people say they're going to do. You've got to put your trust in me. And you need to work with people. You need to be vulnerable because the last thing I wanted to do is be all hard-hearted and, well, the last guy betrayed me, so I don't open up easily. Come on now. Yeah, love is a little dangerous. Oh, come on. Guys, are you with me? Opening your heart can be a little dangerous. You know, you can't be a Christian with a, I don't trust anybody mentality. No, come on. Are you kidding me? But they hurt me before. Yeah, and they might do it again. But love never fails. Come on. Come on. And church, I'm going through this. And I learned about, you know, more about my personality. And then I forgot about the feelings wheel, right? I, after a while, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good with this. And God was like, yeah, we're good, okay? And so I kept journaling. And then I realized about Enneagram and my personality type. And then all of a sudden, I realized that, wow, my personality isn't, doesn't tend to look at my emotions. I don't want to look at how I feel. I want to go forward and talk about the happy things. I want to talk about vision in the future. I don't want to acknowledge if there's something bad right here. And then I thought, you know what would be a great idea is journaling. <laughs> now this is, like, this is like three years later, right? Journaling. And then I thought to myself, God is so smart. I didn't know about the feelings wheel in 2017. I didn't know about personality test. I didn't know about, you know, just, just all these things. I didn't know about when you carry emotions with you and you don't acknowledge them and deal with them, that they either sit with you and come out physically. Come on. You know, if you don't deal with stress, it'll, it'll, you're going to have to deal with it. Come on, you got to put in the work. I didn't know about any of this, but you know who did? God. God did. And church, what I want to end with today is the greatest truth about headspace that I could give you is that if you would put God first, there's some some things you know, some things you don't know, but he does. Can I read a scripture to you real quick? John 15, 9 says this. This is the final, one of the final prayers of Jesus actually in his life. He says, just as the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Let me, let me read it again because I really want to catch this now. Just as, this is Jesus talking. Just as the father has loved me, I have loved you. And then he says this, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Now, I used to think that that meant that if I didn't obey God, he didn't love me. But that's not what that means at all. If you read it in context there, what it means there in the Greek is that if you obey his rhema word to you, which means we're not talking about the Ten Commandments necessarily. We're talking about God speaking to you, like, for example, journal. Come on. 
He said, if you would just obey my commandments, you would abide in my love. And like I said, that does not mean that when you disobey God, that you that he doesn't love you anymore. But what it simply means is his love is practical. His love has a plan. His love has a plan for you. His love wants to deliver you. His love wants to increase you. His love wants to prosper you according to your purpose. His love wants to grow you. His love wants to strengthen you. And he has a plan for all of that. And if you would just obey what he's saying, you would experience the fullness of life. So many times, so many times I hear these stories about people that are just going through awful times, hard times. And you simply ask them, what did God call you to do? And they're like, well, I mean, that's a different story. I mean, I'm not doing it right now, but let me talk about my life. And I'm like, well, no, no, stop right there. Jesus just said it right there. If you want to abide in my love, just do what I say. And his love is so amazing. I mean, think about it. I'm doing something that was so good for me. I mean, my personality type. And all these psychological things that I learned later on in my life. And God led me to the solution. 2017. Come on now. Church, let me finish what he says here. He says, just as I have kept my father's commandments. And I abide in his love. And verse 11 is one of the most important parts about this. He says, these things I have spoken to you. So that my joy. Oh, what what caused him to endure the cross? What caused him to go the distance? What caused him to go through every season? The valleys and the mountaintops? What caused him to go through the good times? Come on now. He said that my joy, my joy would be in you. And that your joy may be made full. (laughs) Come on. I mean, the mission statement of his life was I've come to give you life. Come on, say it, church. Come on. And life more abundantly. And he's saying, listen, I love you and I've got a plan for you. And what I need you to do is I just need you to abide in my love. How? But just just do what I say. See, and I believe there's certain mindsets. I believe that there's certain things that we want to overcome and accomplish in our life. But let me tell you something, church. If you just put God first, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's okay. Listen, can I just say, it's okay to have a seek ye second and a seek ye third and a seek ye fourth. Sometimes people hear, seek first the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden they're like, well, I guess that means I can't pursue my dreams. No, no, seek that second. Seek that third. But seek first. The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Church, come on now. Come on, lay aside all the old stuff. Make room in your life for God. Come on now. Make room in your life for God. I'm a big 49ers fan, you know, and I thought we were going to go all the way. I really did. I, I... I was on that 21 days of prayer and fasting and I gave up football and all that stuff. I came back day 22. They're in the playoffs. I'm like, what? I'm going to tell you something. Thank God I was seeking God instead of watching that game. All right. I was like, golly. 
Right? But it was amazing. I was just seeking God. He just kept it going and kept. And that's what he wants to do with you this morning. I heard the spirit of God just say, there's people in here right now. And I just saw this in my heart. There's people right now. That maybe you are in that hard place or maybe you're in that place of in wherever, wherever you're at. I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, you know, if, if, if people this morning can just put me first, just put me first. Just 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 give him the first attempt at your schedule. Give him the first part of your day. Come on now. Seek him first. Then I believe he's going to speak things to you. I believe he's going to give you things to do. You might look back like I did five years later and go, wow, God is a genius. Like when he told us to plant a church in 2020. And he told us to go online. <laughs> I remember January. Hey, we're starting a church. People are like, yeah, and we're going online only. People are like, what? Why would we do that? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Could have signed a lease and everything. That's what everybody was doing. Come on. That's his love for you. So here's what we're going to do this morning. What I'd like to do. With every head bowed and eyed closed for a second. What I'd like to do. Is if you're uh, in here this morning. And you know that there are some mindsets. Or even emotions that are just out of whack or, you know, you just can't seem maybe to get the victory in an area of your life. What I would like you to do is if you could just stand up. I'm going to ask you to do something really bold here. Um, if you could just stand up. And if you could just, yeah, just, just stand where you're at right now. Just stand up. If that's you and you're like, man, I, I got to do that. I, I need to put God first or I need to lead better, you know, or I, I need to conform my ways. I need to just let God have his ways in my mind. And, you know, I got I to gotta yield my mind and my headspace to God. If that's you, just stand up right now. If, even if you're in a season and you're feeling just really hopeless and you're, you know, where do I go? What do I do next? You know, just, just stand up. We're, we're going to take authority over this headspace. And, and what I'd like you to do, and this is the second big thing, but what I'd like, I'm going to ask you guys is if you could just come up here to the altar, I'm going to pray for all of you from the stage. If you could just make your way up here to the altar. And I know that's a lot, but if you could just come up here, um, I want to pray for you. If you didn't stand, you can still do it now. Okay. Just, just, just stand and, and can y'all just encourage everybody who's coming up here? Can y'all give them a round of applause? Because it's a hard thing to do this. It really is. But can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit showed me this. And I believe this isn't even just me. I didn't come up with this idea. This is the Holy Spirit. This is just the Holy Spirit. And you coming up here responding to that word. That's you responding to him. That's abiding in his love. So what I want to do is I'm going to pray from you. I'm going to pray from the stage. I'm going to pray right here over all of you. And, but here's what I need. I want you all to agree with me in Jesus' name. 
Can y'all do that? Because I want to rebuke any strongholds or any thoughts that I just, I want to take our authority this morning. And can you guys out there, can you agree with me in prayer? Can we just pray corporately or pray corporately on this right now? So father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. Can y'all just lift up your hands? And if you've got a baby, just in one hand, you know, right? Amen. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you play a little bit louder there? Yeah. Thank you. Just thank you, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. For the obedience right now to come up here to the altar. And again, if you should be up here, if you should be up here, come up here now. Just do it now. Thank you, Lord. I got to say this. Keep in that place of prayer. I, I, it is so important. I had somebody once tell me, they were like, hey, you know, uh, um, I, I really, I really just want prayer. You know, I want to come up to the altar call. Let me tell you something. Do not miss. Do, don't miss these moments. Don't miss these moments. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Father, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, that every stronghold is broken in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's pray. Every stronghold is broken in Jesus' name. Just lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I thank you, God. We, we just right now, I, every thought, every thought must conform to the obedience of Christ in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you right now that any, any emotion or any hidden thought, Lord, I ask you right now that you would shine your light. You would shine your light like you did with me five years ago when you told me to start journaling. God, I ask you right now that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear all that you have in store for them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And whether it be disappointments or discouragement, bring those thoughts. Oh, yeah, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, you bring that to him in prayer. You bring that to him in prayer. You bring that to a friend in prayer. Come on now. I declare you set free. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, God, for the peace, your peace, God, to mount guard over their hearts in Jesus name. Hallelujah. We're going to do what the word says right now. We're just going to do this right now. Whatever you need, whether it be peace, if you're up here, whatever you need, whether peace, clarity, calmness, if you need joy, if you need to just believe again, if you just need a fresh fire, I want you to ask God right now, wherever you're at, we're going to do what the Bible says. Ask God right now. Just talk to him. If you're up front here, ask him for what you need. If it's, I need passion, God, I need joy, God, whatever it is, you lift that up to the Lord right now, whatever you need, go ahead and ask him. The Bible says, if you have anything you need with prayer and supplications, let your request be known to God and the peace ah, with Thanksgiving is what it says with Thanksgiving and the peace of God will mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's what the word says. Did you guys ask him? Did y'all ask him? All right, because we're going to give him thanks And church. I want you guys to join me with this on the count of three. We're just going to give him thanks right now. Can y'all do this? Here we go. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your peace. Thank you, God, for your joy. Now you thank him. Y'all thank him. That's what the word says. Thank you, God, for my breakthrough. Come on. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, God, for their breakthrough. And we thank you, God, that your peace mounts guard over our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we give you all the glory. We thank you for your word, and I thank you for breakthroughs, breakthroughs, breakthroughs. I declare that this church is coming up to a new level, a new level, a new level, a new level. In Jesus' name, a new level of praise, a new level of passion, and a new level of spiritual growth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Can y'all give the Lord one more shout of praise? Thank you guys. Amen. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Hallelujah.